Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Ephesians. It is Paul's prayer for them. It's found in the first chapter of Ephesians, beginning with the 15th verse. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the death and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. The word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Still Easter, folks. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Welcome to Good Shepherd United Methodist Church this morning. It's wonderful to be in worship today. It's great to be back with you this week. I want to thank everyone who, who pitched in last week to, to uh, make worship happen as I enjoyed a great weekend with some colleagues in ministry. Thanks for being here at Good Shepherd. Uh, whether you're in the house or you're, you're at home, we want to thank everybody for, for being here with us. We still are in the Easter season, and we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And let's take a moment this morning to wave to those in the congregation, wave to those who are online, to feel that family connection. Because once you are here at Good Shepherd, whether you're in the house or online, you are part of the family. So for your first time, folks, welcome to the family. We're a great bunch. Uh, I want to see if you if you comment uh, if you'd like to comment online please do so that we so that we know that you're here if you're in the house it's okay to shout out as well. Now today's Mother's Day if you haven't figured that out yet. Uh, I'm not a mother but I've mother, mothered and nurtured more lives than I can count. Motherhood is in whatever form it presents itself is steeped with hope. Hope is a focus of our current sermon series. Hope is finally here. We're concentrating on the present hope found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and in the futuristic hope that is Good Shepherd United Methodist Church as it emerges. We, we are, we've caught, we're trying to become the church that God is calling us to be and that gives us a great hope. Mothers and fathers, for that matter, learn hope from the very moment they become aware of a new expected life about to rock their world. Parents begin to place hope in a positive future for this young life that they've created. They hope that the child will be happy and healthy. They hope they will figure out what they're doing as parents before the child becomes an adult. As Christian parents, they place their hope in something beyond themselves to assist in loving, nurturing, and providing for this little creature that is now dependent on them. They place their hope in our faithful God. They confidently expect that God will follow through with the promise to be ever-present in their lives and in the lives of this new human that they have created. To all mothers, sisters, aunts, and friends today who've nurtured young lives and placed their hope in God, who, who never fails 
to to mother those who who think they to the mothers that think they didn't get it right to, to mothers who struggle rejoice and feel lost we pay tribute this morning claim the promise that God can redeem and resurrect our efforts of at motherhood because God is the God of hope it never ceases to amaze me how how God works Hope is finally here is that common thread of of the future hope that calls each of us to bravely step into the future of this greater, of this church, as, as individuals, as the big C church, and of this greater community. The arrival of hope is evidenced by our everyday walk and, and our willingness to see and seek hope in our chaotic world. Our leadership meeting a few weeks ago was, was spirit-filled. Anybody ought to attend one of those just to see the spirit at work and see what's happening as we, as we began to dream these dreams that God is putting on our lives. Oh, we had an agenda to follow, but it took twists and turns that, the, that, were, that we were really not expecting on this agenda simply because we allowed God to work in the midst of our discussion. And you know what? Everything on that agenda got taken care of, but in a far different way than was expected. Isn't that a lot like life? Doesn't life treat us that way? We have goals, and we usually have specific ways that that we want to accomplish these goals, but sometimes plans go awry. When we look back over time, we often see that that the goals were accomplished in God's time and (coughs) and in better ways than we could have ever planned. Our hope is that we let God direct our future and that we get out of the way of the Spirit's work. Now, we are an Easter people grounded in the hope of Christ's resurrection. We begin our series claiming the hope that the resurrection gives to each of us on our faith journey, a hope of companionship, a future, and an eternal life. The key verse for this series comes from Psalm 33, 22. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Let's say that together. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. As we emerge into this new future here at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church, we can't help but notice some changes in the way we worship, in our priorities, individually and collectively, in our comfort levels, in the way that we spread the gospel. But what won't change? What won't change is the message of love and hope that comes through knowing Jesus Christ. As we look to a hopeful future and and what hope in the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ means for our followers, our sermon series will help us discover together what hope looks like in a 21st century church and community. As individuals living with new experiences in a new world, we are called to help faith become relevant to folks we encounter. We seek God's direction and define what the future looks like under God's direction. We're painting a picture of tomorrow and ascertaining what we need to do to get to this picture of hope. We're committed to a future as a church that stays relevant as we shift, not from a spiritual base, but for a more culturally based, Christ-centered, praying, inviting, loving community of faith that we claim to be. The first sermon series created a picture of those disciples who, who first met Jesus after the resurrection, and they were fearfully hiding behind closed doors. Some 
They saw and they believed. Others saw and were afraid to tell anyone. Thomas needed proof before he believed. And we found ourselves among all these disciples with the same fears, the same anxiety of the future, and the same need for proof. But we were disciples with hope and excitement. As a 21st century emerging Christians, we we run the risk of missing a future hope if we stubbornly cling to what was and fail to see what is. The church that we are are part of today will not and cannot be the church of the past. We can build on those foundational uh, uh, traditions and foundations that, that others have laid before us, but we should not rest in that space. We are called to go beyond what was and to step into what is. Our next sermon in the sermon in the series reminded us that we have to think outside the box to become a church with a future under God's direction, and we not cling to the way things that we have the way things have always been done. We must put our words into, and plans into action as God challenges us, convicts us, and strengthens us to spread the gospel in new and innovative ways. Now, the following week. The children of Good Shepherd United Methodist Church showed us a glimpse of a hopeful future as they demonstrated their emerging faith journey by sharing who God is to them through the I Am statements of Jesus. Now, if you left here that week and you didn't have hope in the future of the church and in our faith journeys, you and God probably need to have a little bit of conversation and some soul searching because that was a, that was a service filled with hope. And last week, Austin reminded us through, through a Bible story of Jonah and the real-life story of Max of a hope that we are all worthy of redemption through God's grace and mercy. We are called to go into our own Ninevehs even when we don't want to go so that others can experience resurrection hope. Now today we're going to ask ourselves a question. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for to move into a hope-filled future? What are we waiting for in regards to, to us looking to the future and not being bogged down by the uncertainties or the longing for things that we miss from the past? Too often we pause when answers are not immediately clear and we miss the solutions that are right in front of us. The simple ones, the ones that are easy wins and low-hanging fruit. Carl Barth suggests that living in a significant pause is different than simply waiting. Pausing to be thoughtful about the future plans rather than plowing ahead with with our wants and needs does keep us from making mistakes. And we can use the past to reflect on needed changes for the future. Thoughtful and significant pause is important, but not if we don't move forward at some point. Richard Rohr reminds us that in order for something new to come, we have to let the old get out of the way. That sometimes an apocalypse or an unveiling must take place for us to fully understand our circumstances and see the need for change. We must remember that those of us in the church are not the only ones who need to hear the gospel message. The analogy of the shepherd and the sheep that we're all familiar with speaks to the church that we are today. We must remember that we, the sheep in the fold, those who already know know disciples, are called 
to minister to the flock. The flock are those who have not yet experienced life in Christ. We are encouraged to listen to the voice of the shepherd and take time to hear the voice as we emerge from our pause and move into the future. The future hope of the church, a church that will change as as we know it today, will emerge into what God needs it to be in order to reach those who have not yet heard the gospel message. A futuristic church will embrace the love of God and reminds us that we are called in some way to live for, love, and serve God. The words of Jesus encourages us to to be a city on a hill who lights the way to Christ. And we must give up our selfish reasons to remain comfortable and step out in faith to follow whatever God's call is on our lives and the lives of the church that is Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. Now we've talked a lot about hope so far. Hope in resurrection, hope in the future, hope for a church, and hope for us. But what does hope really mean? We aren't given a word-for-word definition of hope in the Bible. I don't know if you figured that out yet or not, but the meaning of hope that is derived from a contextual clues found in many places in Scripture is this. Hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised. The confident expectation of what God has promised. The strength of this hope comes from the faithfulness of God to fulfill God's promises. To find true meaning of of this hope, we must claim that faithfulness of God. We serve a faithful God, folks. A God who never wavers in follow-through. A God who unconditionally loves the messed up humanity. A God who brings humanity into a world through other flawed humans who simply hope they get it right. Resurrection we find, in the resurrection we find a whole new hope. A hope that gives way to trust. A trust that strengthens belief. A belief that turns to faith and a faith that is grounded in love. We develop a, we, the, the catalyst called hope as we deepen our spirituality. In chemistry now, for those of you who may not know, a catalyst, a catalyst is a substance that increases the rate of reaction without itself being consumed. Hope is the foundation of our faith that increases our faith in love for and in God that others, that that deepens our spirituality. The hope is never consumed as our spirituality grows. I co-led a a women's retreat at Bershba a few years ago for the Tennessee Annual Conference and we focused on ways to intentionally deepen our spirituality by creating opportunities to connect with God. Now we spent life we spent a lot of time laughing and having fun. We were but we were intentional about finding those simple ways in everyday things where God speaks and continues to speak to our hearts. We learned to listen in God's love language. Now we all hear God differently. We are all created to connect with God in different and unique ways. What what works for others will not work for everyone. But everyone who claims to be a disciple of Christ must intentionally find a connecting point to God as often as possible if we are to be the spiritual beings created in God's image that we were designed to be. 
These connecting points will allow us to collectively hear who and what God is calling Good Shepherd United Methodist Church to be in this hope-filled, futuristic church. Now, prayer is one of those connecting points. It's the original text message, folks. Prayers do not always have to be flowery, flowery words said in the correct way, in the correct place, at the correct time. Prayer is just an ongoing connection to God if we are intentional about our communication with God. Through prayer, in whatever form it takes, we find ways to hear God speak. We learn to listen to what God says, to clarify the call that God places on us, and to be empowered and act on our next steps. Our scripture reading today is is Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. Paul recognizes the faith of these these folks in Ephesus and and their love for all people. He invokes the spirit of wisdom and revelation as they come to know God better. With this deepened knowledge, Paul knows that they will better understand the hope, that confident expectation of what God has promised that has been placed on them. It is the hope that that will enable them to, to better do the works that they have been called to do in Christ. How can we receive this hope? It comes through intentional connection with God who supplies this hope. We as a church, we have work to do. We are willing to do the work because we're seeking ways in which to do the work. But we must intentionally stay connected to the source of the power of God. We just survived a decades-long debt. We no longer have that around our necks. As a local church, we're faced with discovering how it is that we are to live into this debt-free future and faithfully serve a community to God's glory. As a big C church, we're still facing storms of systemic racism, a denomination facing impending change, a new annual conference that is learning to live with each other in different ways, and sometimes just the overwhelming pressures of life. We cannot hope to come out on the other side of any of these circumstances if we do not have a strong foundation of hope, faith, love that is found through prayer. In the Life Application Bible uh, topic found in a Wesleyan study Bible, the text, uh, according to the text today, it says in part, Ephesians brings to light the backbone of Wesleyan tradition. This prayer is used to lift others to God with thanksgiving. Prayer helps the church grow spiritually and strengthens her mission in the world. Without growth, the church is bound to die. Hear that again. Without spiritual growth, the church is bound to die. Kind of hurts a little bit, doesn't it? That last phrase speaks a hard truth that sometimes is difficult to hear especially for those of us in the fold of the sheep pen. The reality is that Good Shepherd United Methodist Church continually needs to grow spiritually and numerically, and the most important part of that is to grow spiritually. Let me say that again. We need to deepen our spirituality for being intentional about our connection to God. Yes, these statements probably hurt a little bit of our toes if we were just stepped on. But we have many opportunities for spiritual growth here at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. But we cannot rest on that fact 
without deepening our understanding and increasing our knowledge and practices of our faith. Now, sometimes those of us in the church, we get complacent about our spiritual growth. After all, we're here every time the doors are open. We've been a part of the church since childhood. How much more is there to learn? We know the stories. We practice our faith. We are secure in our knowledge of God and eternity. Yes, these are all reasons for our lack of participation, but they're also excuses not to prioritize our spiritual growth. We have an opportunity coming soon to participate in a conference-wide Bible study that begins this Wednesday at 6.30. It'll be in the Fellowship Hall, and it'll end on June 21st. It'll be both virtual and in person. But it covers those farewell discourses of, of Jesus found in John 15 through 17. And it will teach us how to abide in Christ. As we move into the future, we have new opportunities to shift our priorities into a new and emerging hope. Yes, we, have things, we may have to do things differently. Yes, we may have to think outside the centuries-old boxes. Yes, we may not always get it right. But we are called to be determined to keep trying to find the right path that leads to the hope of a resurrected life, church, and community. So let's ask ourselves this question, these questions. What are we waiting for? Are you content to be in the fold and leave the flock to tend for itself? What does it mean for, for us to, to be led and help others shift this futuristic spirit of the church? These answers aren't going to come easy. We will each have to struggle with the answers that God for, provides. But make no mistake, God is in the change. God is already in the future waiting for us to respond. How will we embrace the opportunities before us and become a relevant, vital congregation that points to resurrection hope? I'm going to leave you with that question this morning. May the God of resurrection hope keep pursuing you to find ways to connect and deepen your relationship with your Creator and awaken you to new possibilities for the future. Thanks be to God who continues to challenge and chase us even when we think we know best. Jesus walks before us and with us into a new future of hope where we can all exclaim, we have seen the Lord and hope is finally here. We began to better understand that the resurrection gives us a whole new hope. May we see with our eyes, believe with our hearts, that Jesus Christ is risen and be encouraged to go and tell the world that there is hope found in a resurrected Jesus Christ. As we move into Holy Communion this morning, let us remember that all of us are invited. All of us are invited to this table that, that Christ prepares for us as a remembrance of what Christ has done for us. You can find the ritual in, in, on page 12 in your hymnals or the ritual will be on the, the screens. And I saw our children trying to come in here in a little bit and they paused because I wasn't finished. So we may, we may have some action as we begin this. But Christ invites... Christ the Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. 
Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread. Blessed the bread, broke it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Holy Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor in yours is, is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. If those who are sitting this morning will come forward.
not the United Methodist table. This is not Good Shepherd's table. This is the table of Christ, and all are invited to, to come. But let us pray together the prayer that God has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, as we as our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now let us come and partake of this holy meal.
time, Christ alone. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong, Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. give you thanks for this holy meal and for the opportunity to be in this world. Lord, we just ask that as we leave this place, that we go into the world sharing your love with those we meet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Christ, Christ.